It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. Day to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, I am going to not the first slide. See what's going on, Jordan. I thought the show started. All right. I'm definitely going to declare us live as I do every Friday, 2.30, awesomeo.com, betting show. We're going to focus on the NFL, but we're going to get in some NBA talk. I'm going to talk some U.S. Open. I don't care if anyone else wants to. I'm excited. Uh, we're going to close out the weekend style here. Ben Razzett, Julian Edlow joining me as he always does. Happy Friday, sir. Happy Friday. That's that's really sums it up. There's a lot going on. <laughs> these Sports weeks, are, these weeks are crazy, dude. Like I didn't, I don't even know the days with with NBA, MLB, and now getting ready for these NFL slates. And I don't know how you. I mean, golf's your main thing, so I get it with you. I don't know how other people mix golf or other stuff in, into all this, but uh, it is Friday. Can confirm. It, it is Friday. That much we can confirm. Uh, it's been, listen, it's just the way 2020 is. We got sports on sports. There's college football. There's other, you know, people who are grinding baseball, more power to you. Thank God uh, I am not really dealing with that. But we're going to start today with the NBA playoffs. I wanted to talk a little about it. I know there's only a couple of teams left, but certainly there's a lot of drama left to unfold. First things first, we'll get to the Lakers and the Nuggets, but. <laughs> Your boys last night dropped another one down to nothing now to the heat. I have to ask you right off the top. What do you make of the Celtics right now? They can't close. Um, and they, they have some, some pretty big issues in terms of what one of their strengths has been in terms of making adjustments, whether it be in game, game to game, series to series. Um, Brad Stevens outcoached the coach of the year in Nick nurse, the defending champions uh, in Nick nurse. And, you know, they should have won that series more easily, but they still still were able to grind it out. Uh, since that OG Anunoby shot in the corner is really when their struggles have come in. They were still able to close out that series, but now it's kind of showing a little bit more in a, with a fresh slate here against Miami. Um, but the, uh, the bottom line is that Miami is just tough as nails. They play together. They have no holes. Uh, they don't care who takes the shots. They don't care who's on the floor. Um, and the Celtics can't put together 48 strong minutes or in, in the case of game one, 53 strong minutes. And if you don't do that against Miami, those, those, those minutes that you're not playing hundred percent, which was clearly the third quarter last night, blowing whatever they had a seven, they had a 17 point lead in that, in that game. And, uh, 
Miami was leading with like four minutes left in the third quarter. So apparently the, the locker room issue that was reported last night and then the late night meeting with the, the, the four best players and Stevens, it has, you know, helped smooth things over, but um, you know, Kyrie took a lot of heat for, for messing up that locker room last year and the egos, even with Kemba, um, we've looked right past it all season, but they still seem to be a little bit of an issue. Uh, you know, this should be Jason Tatum's team in the future. He's the best prospect, but is it right now? He thinks it is. He got like one shot in the fourth quarter. Um, Smart takes on a leadership role that, you know, he's good for, but he's not necessarily the type of, of elite superstar that, that uh, you know, can command that. Jalen Brown's not being utilized to the best of his abilities. He's disappeared in this series. Um, and Kemba obviously shot horrible in game one. So the Celtics need to figure out a game plan, it seems like, because I'm, I'm rambling here, and they, they just haven't – It's is it this guy's turn? Is it this guy's turn? They need to play like the Heat and go where the matchups dictate. Um, and when Miami plays that zone, they completely stifled them last night. Brad Stevens, make a plan. Players stick to the plan. And then it's easy to close out a 17-point lead. It's been, yeah, it's been shocking. Listen, I mean, this, this Heat team only lost one game, and that was honestly a game that they easily could have won in overtime. I believe it was game, it was game four. Four. Yeah, game Milwaukee. four against Milwaukee. So we'll see. Looking at the odds as we do on the show via Odd Shopper, we got the Celtics at plus 300-ish uh, to win this series. Before we go to the Lakers and the Nuggets, I have to ask you, do you think they can win four out of five here? I think that they can. I would probably want a little bit better than plus 300. And I think that plus 300 number is is like that because it's still factoring in that Boston was like a minus 130 or so favorite to begin the series. Whereas if you reassess, it looks like Miami should be that minus 130 favorite and the current price should be more like a plus 400 or, or whatever. Uh, so I don't think there's value on the price, but I do... I do think that they can come back and win the series if they make the appropriate uh, adjustments, but it's hard not to like Miami uh, just given they, they don't make mistakes uh, and they keep their foot on the gas for the entire game. Uh, It's just going to be, it's going to be really hard not to allow them to win two of the next five games. So you got to like Miami at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's a spot that I'm not really touching. Uh, I may bet the Celtics in game three. They've been a slight favorite in these games. I, I think it'll be similar to that. Maybe it drops a bit to around to pick them, but uh, you know, I don't think Boston's dead and buried yet. They do need to find some answers and Brad Stevens is always regarded as a top end coach. He needs to make some adjustments because they have the talent. There's no doubt, but Miami is playing fantastic and, and they really seem uh, able to to kind of counter anything that Stevens has done so far so we'll keep an eye on it but we have to first of all we don't listen on this show we, we, get, we get some things right we get some things wrong there was one thing that I was certain I would not get wrong and I think you would agree when we left the show last time we said it's not a matter of if the battle of LA begins it's just when mm-hmm. uh, since then the Clippers have not won anything they've been swiftly eliminated and they just gave up in game seven. That was pathetic. Uh, Did we do this? Was the last show right before game five? Yes. It was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so it right is, when things got bad. They've had a bad week. Um, <laughs> stunning puts it mildly. I, I cannot believe it. But 
this Nuggets team now heads into trying to complete the LA sweep. They're a sizable dog in the series. They're a sizable dog tonight. Um, what do you make of Denver? Do you see anything that kind of piques your interest uh, in this Western Conference Finals? So both teams, the Lakers and Nuggets, have been pretty bad early in series. So I think this is going to be – it's tough to – like a lot of game ones, you want to wait and see what it looks like and then maybe bet the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. This one could come out to a slower start, and the Lakers and Nuggets have both been playing better, you know, as the series have, have progressed. The Nuggets, obviously, that's how you come back from two, three to one holes. Uh, from a Denver standpoint, I think that their where their confidence is right now is is kind of key. They think they can play with anyone. They've they've proven that. Um, and yet they're still pretty sizable dogs so uh, I, I trust the lakers to to not take uh to number one not take denver lightly for what they've done so far and probably win this series in like six games um and number two to not blow the opportunity in front of them because this is obviously shaken out to be a very favorable situation for lakers uh to win it all tickets um and i think you know, the difference between a Clippers team that was just assembled and LeBron is that LeBron sees that new path in front of him and says, all right, there's no way I'm blowing the opportunity that's that's been put in front of me at this point to, to get another ring and get my first ring with the Lakers. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, not that you're going to do anything with, with the Lakers in the series, but you can get some plus odds if you want to bet it to go six games. You could maybe bet Denver, um, like, plus two and a half games, I guess you would need to, to have them in that scenario. Yeah. Uh, but I do think from a game to game standpoint, I think that there is better value on Denver. Um, Denver plus seven seems like pretty good value to me in game one. And if it stays like that moving forward, like we've seen in every other series, the Celtics are still two and a half point favorites or three point favorites in this next game. Then I think betting Denver is a pretty good spot. It's interesting you mentioned that because there's, of course, no home court. It holds pretty steady. Like, they just run it back over and over and over. So the spreads really adjusting or just adjusting to what we see on the court. Know. All my TVs just started, like, randomly turning on. I don't know see? if you guys can hear it's that. that kind of, it's that kind of week, man. I, I hear you. Um, you know, looking at it over, yes, the Lakers have started slow in both series. We see it via Odd Shopper right now. You know, I I think it's just a complete pass. If you like the Lakers, you kind of just have to either lay the points. You're certainly not going to hit them on the money line. If you like the Nuggets, uh, you know, there's a ton of value there. You're seeing plus 500 um, available on that best bet. So nothing wrong with that. I may look to bet the Lakers if they lose game one. I don't think they will, but if they do, you'll certainly chop that number maybe even, you know, not in half, but it'll certainly shrink. And that's maybe where you can get some value. Real quick before we get to the U.S. Open and then to football, because I know everyone wants to talk about football, just going to the player props really quick. I want to highlight just one, uh, and it's on the assists for LeBron. It sits at eight and a half right now. Um, so, the, so the eight and a half assists for LeBron, I actually do lean to the over there. You know, it seems like in game ones and just how LeBron approaches the playoffs, he kind of takes that wait and see. You know, he distributes. He doesn't turn it on until he really needs to in terms of aggression scoring. I know Rondo is back in the rotation, but I I don't think that that's going to marginalize 
his output in terms of assists. Well, Rondo's much. also is Rondo still questionable with back spasms. So that's the other thing. Like in the Rockets series, he certainly was healthy and he was playing. You know, he's playing in the mid twenties. He didn't play in the Portland series. LeBron was averaging north of ten assists in that Blazer series. It dissipated to about seven and a half for the for the series with the Rockets. I think we see this climb possibly again towards 10 and, and sitting minus 110 on both sides. I hit this this morning. Uh, it was actually plus for the over. So it is moving my direction. I, I think LeBron broaches, you know, 10 north of 10 assists tonight. Yeah, I don't hate that strategy at all. We do know that he he's said himself he likes to defer to start a series. Yep. Um, so I was just looking up his game one assist numbers. He had 16 against Portland in that loss, which is very nice. Seven against Houston. So he's one and one to the number, but the over hit in a pretty big way when he did get it. Um, and you look at, you look at, uh, I mean, in general, just that Houston series, he was pretty limited from an assist standpoint. He only went over eight and a half twice getting nine. So maybe it was that matchup and how it set up because Portland, you know, 16 in game one, he had 10, 10 assists in the last two games of that series. Um, but I think this is more like you said about, about game one. And I think the real edge comes in if Rondo gets, gets ruled out. That would be huge. That's, I think that makes it an easy over for me, whereas I'm, I would be kind of on the fence with it at this point. Um, and player props in the NBA for me in general, like, what's the best way to say this? I like to get cheap wins in NBA player props. Like, I don't want to make myself out to be like, oh, break down all these numbers and I'm, I'm an amazing player prop better. No, I take the cheap wins. Like, when somebody gets ruled out that really helps – get a huge edge in something that's where you make your strongest plays so if rondo is ruled out i'm totally on board with you on the fence if he's not um i did bet one player prop last night i bet Dragic over 18 and a half points just because the matchup with the celtics and his role in the playoffs has been really working for him and that that did hit but that was that was almost a rare player prop for me where i just straight up went on the numbers versus going on all right this guy's out there's an edge here now because of that Fair enough. And listen, we, we will wait and see how these series develops. They're, you know, it's game one. So one of the other things that I do is just, and I'm not saying the books really overreact, but sometimes there is just too much. You know, I remember when people were talking about, are the Lakers going to get swept against the Blazers at one point? <laughs> uh, they did not get swept. In fact, they were just fine. So I, I think let's not get crazy. I'm not going to put too much into the first game. Uh, we will wait and see. And I think LeBron is I mean, he's got so much experience. It's not a surprise. He's the best at that. It just, it's game one, one of possibly seven. Let's not overreact. And that's why I think he defers more often than not. And you see those assist numbers, but let's move on. We're going to, we're going to bridge the gap with a little U S open talk. Uh, they are in the midst of it right now. Yesterday, my Twitter feed was full of people complaining that the course was too easy. This isn't a normal U S open. I guess they heard him because it's in the U.S. Open out there today. The course is playing almost five strokes over par. Guys are getting crushed. Uh, before the show, you both said, I look. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dangerously concerned because I was actually checking the scores and my face said it all. It is playing really tough right now. Uh, have you have you been keeping a pulse on it at all? Or are you just going to wait it for Sunday? No, man. I mean... It's carnage out there, man. With with the with the NFL back and how much time that's eating up of my of my week with you know the various <laughs> outlets that I'm doing DFS and and sports betting content for, um, I, I didn't even know the U.S. Open was happening this week. Almost I, like I heard about it and then I was like, oh, that that's now. I mean, um, my players, my my actual golfers. It's debatable if some of them also know what they're doing <laughs> out there, um, but. So it, it is though, and we've talked on this show before, the live betting situation for golf, I think is probably one of the best sports to live bet because it's, it's such a marathon. It's not a sprint and things can change. You know, you, in, in the NBA, if you have 90 points, you can't finish the game with 85 points. That's not how it works. Like in golf, someone can gain, but the leaders can go backwards. And we're going to see a ton of that here. So just looking over, I, I really don't even want to get into too many individual plays, but I just want to speak in a generality. The guys that played already today, they are locked, obviously, through 36 holes. They're only going to increase where they are in the standings because playing right now is brutal. So if somebody went out there and posted a decent round, if you think it's going to play even harder this afternoon, you might want to grab them. Someone like Dustin, someone, you know... Obviously, Bryson is now the favorite because he had a great round. But even like if you, for some reason, like Cabrera Bay, who posted a good number, those guys that are already done, Wolf, 50 to one right now, he's done. He shot four over, but he's done. On the flip side, if you want to roll the dice, the guys in the afternoon will have opportunities. But keep in mind, I think it's a mistake to target those leaders because by the end of the day, they could be five, six, seven shots you know, away from where they are right now, because they're just teeing off. So keep that in mind. This isn't a normal event where more holes is better. It's actually a detriment. I, I like that thought process, because I think a lot of people's eyes will go towards somebody that has not teed off. Exactly. You, you get to, you get to enjoy your, your, your bet. You sweat. You know, it might not be that, and you get to sweat it. You, it might not be that enjoyable because they're pro- the guy you bet's probably going to shoot five or six over or whatever, given, given where we're at. But uh, yeah, I think that's the natural instinct of your, your common sports better. And you're going against the grain with somebody that's already had a good day by, by today's standards. So I, I like that. Uh, I like that idea a lot. And just to put a bow on it, the other thing that you basically would never do or very rarely is you look at a guy today and you say, okay, he shot four over. Let me bet him now. Like, cause if somebody normally does that, they're, they're dropping so far down, it's really not a spot to attack. So it just feels weird to see someone who was done today that shot 74, 75 and add a position to them. But in this mm-hmm. tournament, that is okay. They're in position. If you're a couple over par, if you're hovering around even par, you might be only a couple shots off the lead going into the weekend. And your numbers aren't going to possibly be there because right now there are guys that are five under and, could they open it up? I guess it's just very difficult to think that Reed and JT, even though I certainly like those players, uh, there's a lot of opportunities for them to come back to the pack. So don't be afraid to reach for a guy that is particularly done 
um, and see if see if we can do that. So that's where I'm at with the U.S. Open. We will keep you posted. Obviously, in Slack, we'll be talking a lot of picks. If someone comes up, I'll, I'll have an article posted, uh, and we will see what we can do there. But I, I tell you, Julian, you're missing Sunday in between, maybe at halftime. You check out a couple holes. Uh, it's getting a little dangerous out there. If I wind up watching golf on Sunday, it's it bad. means that the NFL <laughs> picks that I'm about to talk about have gone terribly wrong, and I'm in an awful space. Um, but I do, I do have one question for you. Please. Do, so, like, there's so many sports going on right now. Like, a lot of people are going to be watching NFL on Sunday that maybe even bet on golf because they're betting on football, too. Like, do you yep. think that golf is a sport that you have to watch to bet well, because I'll just give you quickly, I'm watching all football and basketball right now, mm -hmm. essentially. I've been watching almost no baseball, but I've been doing fine betting baseball because I don't need to watch a thing. ML and MLB is like the most data-driven sport anyway, but I feel like I can each day just look at the numbers. I, I know what I like and bet it and then check the score later and, and see if I won while I'm watching the NBA playoffs or on Sunday while I'm watching football or whatever. Is it the same with golf? Do you think it, it, it definitely is. You just have to make sure you're doing your homework. So again, say you weren't watching and you didn't dig into how difficult this course was. You might go to the scores and say, Oh my God, my guy shot three over today, or I'm not betting this guy. He's terrible. If you didn't understand that he actually probably gained right. strokes on the field. Uh, maybe a guy got really hot with the putter. That's not the best sign in the world. You're, you're probably going to need some really good ball striking to take this down ultimately. So you definitely don't have to be watching, but if you're not just like baseball, you want to at least make sure you're doing your due diligence and breaking down those numbers. Makes sense. I thought you were going to give that answer. Yeah. Because like NBA, if you're not watching the, the push and pull of how these series are going back and forth and the in-game adjustments and the locker room blowouts with the Celtics and whatnot. Like I feel like you need to be watching those games to be betting them versus other sports where you don't necessarily need to be. And this is coming into play right now because there's so much on and we can only so, so much, much we can on. watch. Oh, I hear you. Sundays are, I mean, last Sunday I was sweating tennis during football is out of control. Um, all right, let's do it. It's time. NFL week two chat. Hit the like button for the NFL. That's what we need right now. We got through, we all survived the Browns and the Bengals last night. That was something. Uh, I was watching that in the Celtics. It was just painful on so many, so many levels. But now we get 13 games on the Sunday main slate. We got a Sunday night game. We've got a Monday night game. Let's get to it. Uh, first things first, I just want to ask you a general question. And it's kind of, I'll, I'll lead the witness, I guess. Do you feel like uh, week two is just so ripe for overreaction based off one game and these teams, oh, this team's way worse. This team's way better than we see. A little bit. Okay. There are, there are spots where I agree with that and spots where I don't. Um, I'm, I'm falling into a couple of those traps. I'm fading a couple of those traps. I think it's just different situation by situation. Um, I will say my I, my problem for week two is that I'm realizing that I'm like dangerously in love with favorites. Like I don't know if I'm gonna bet an underdog, and I don't. Season. I don't like that. Like I I know I know what I'm falling into, um, but I feel like there are like six or seven favorites that 
I don't even want to try and analyze which ones are the necessarily the wrong ones. I just like, if I bet seven of them, I feel like I can go five and two. Like, I feel like it's that kind of week. I think week two in the NFL is going to be a chalky week. I think it's a good week to play around with like two team money line parlays or six point teasers with the right favorites. Um, so I'm curious to get your takes on some of these games. I feel like you'll be betting some underdogs and maybe you'll talk me out of some of my favorites. I don't know, but I'm, I'm ready for this conversation. It's yeah. I, you know, when I, when I looked at the spreads and we have them right now up on the screen at odd chopper, I, I don't want to say I was stunned, but there's just a lot of spreads that are, you know, hovering North of a touchdown couple climbing, you know, that first week. Yeah. We had the, we had the chiefs and we had a couple other games, but for the most part, there weren't massive favorites. Uh, mm -hmm. And now we've got some big numbers out there and, you know, you got the Titans, you've got certainly the Niners and the Jets is one uh, and the Chiefs. There, there's a lot of games. So I guess I'll, I'll just dive right in. The first team I want to talk about is that is Carolina and Tampa Bay. Uh, they're sitting right now. You could get eight and a half on the Panthers. You get eight, lay eight points with Tampa. Listen, I don't think it's a big knock on the Bucks that they lost in the Superdome. I know there's no fans, but it's still just a very tough place to play. This is a very nice rebound spot. You'd have to assume they answer the call, but you're laying eight points, which is a sizable number. Yeah, this one is not one of the games that I'm on. Wow. Stay away, stay away spot for I me. I am shocked. Stay away that. spot for me. I thought that I thought that would surprise you. Um, I'm my bets will be very square this week. You will see, but this is not one of the spots. Um Neither team showed me much in week one. Weird call from the Panthers, like not going to CMC on fourth down. They did not target him much in the passing game, but they still put up points. Um, but, you know, I just hate the Raiders this this year. Uh, the Raiders. Bums. Other than maybe, maybe that running game, they, they stink. So, yeah, Tampa, I like Tampa to bounce back for sure. Mm -hmm. One of the things that – and you know I was on Tampa plus the points and didn't get that one in week one – one of my huge, huge parts of handicapping that game was replacing Jameis Winston with Tom Brady and saying that Winston's 30 interceptions last year are not going to happen. Tom Brady had 29 interceptions in the last four seasons combined. So take those mistakes out and the Bucs are going to be right in this game. And what does Brady do? He throws two ridiculously bad interceptions that lead directly to 14 points. For one was a pick six. One was a pick six. One led right to an Alvin Kamara rushing touchdown. So Tom Brady was essentially Jameis Winston in week one. Uh, so it, it was the same old thing. Um, I, that just, it, it hurt me the way that that happened, where the huge piece of my handicapping as to why the Bucks would be different is not all aboard the Tom Brady hype train. It was just that the turnovers, the uh, limiting the turnovers would make the difference. And Tom Brady had a Jameis Winston game in his debut. And then I saw after the game, maybe this would have kept me off of it. Maybe it wouldn't. Winston, Andrew Luck, and Carson Palmer each had exactly 40 turnovers in their first season under a Bruce Arians offense. Hmm. Um, and we saw after the game, like, Arians was not shy to put interceptions no, on Brady, even one that he had to come back and say, oh, actually, that was Mike Evans' fault. I initially said it was Brady's fault in terms of reading the coverage. So like, I just think the coach is a bozo there. And I hope that as somebody that, you know, invested in some bucks futures when, when the price was right, I hope that maybe Brady can, can 
take over a little bit more of a, a coaching role and do things more the way that he's accustomed to doing them than letting Arians run an offense where there's going to be all these sloppy turnovers that we've seen all the time. I hope they go in 16. Um, that would be really useful. And I know it'll, it'll balance out the Brown situation for me, which we don't have to talk about because they already I, I bucks plus three and a half was your Browns plus seven and a half. Yeah. I, I didn't yeah. mention on the show. I actually teased that up to plus 42. So I got there, um, <laughs> you know, just minus a hundred thousand easy game. Just so bad. So bad. Uh, all right. So let's get to these picks. I'm very interested. I'm looking at the board. Is it the Bears? Is it the Packers? Um, I see them both as, as sizable-esque favorites at home against what I would call inferior opponents. Where are you going with these big favorites that you've mentioned? Okay, so the Packers are one of them. Um, are there sixes on the board? Because I know it's it was six. It's moved to six and a half some places. What game are we talking about? The Packers. Uh, so with Odd Shopper right now, looking it over, we have them at six and a half, basically everywhere now. They, they okay. have officially moved. So that was six. I never wound up taking the six. Um, I just put them in a couple of teasers, six-point teasers to get them to a pick them with, with other games that I like. Not much of a breakdown on the game. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers looked fantastic with Devonta Adams, with the rest of the weapons he has. Um the Minnesota secondary, excuse me, is an issue, but so is, uh, so is the Detroit secondary that oh he's going to see at yes. home this week that gave up three touchdowns to Mitch Trubisky in the third quarter. So I think it's just going from one bad secondary to another. Uh, and, and we're going to see more of the same green Bay wins that game. I like them at six, six and a half meh, but I, I like them a lot in that game. Listen, I mean, Rogers and Devonte Adams just, torched we had talked about minnesota a completely new secondary mm-hmm. and the lions it's kind of similar slay is gone akuda did not play we'll have to monitor his status right. leading up to this game but, but it, even if he does and he's a very talented player yeah. it's still a rookie in his first game coming off an injury exactly i don't i don't think he's just going he's no he's not going to shadow Devonte adams right. and just stop this offense. Right. that's that's not okay round two name something that's not boring Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's going to be happening. So... I definitely get it. Certainly, if you like the Packers, now's the time because if it moves, if they really start taking money and it goes to seven, that's mm-hmm. way, way worse. Um, I don't mind it. I don't have a strong take there. I think that I may look to, I'm sure Devontae Adams, you know, in the prop world is going to be very popular. He had 17 targets, a ridiculous yeah. 40% target share. I know that's unsustainable, but at the same time, he's going to have north of double digit targets seemingly every week. Yeah. I'm with you. Adams is a guy that I'm looking to uh, in the prop world this week. He's going to be in my cash lineup, uh, yeah. which pretty much goes hand in hand for the guys that I'm looking at. Like it's too good of a spot. Uh, you don't want to take something cause it worked and go back to the exact same thing the next week, but like it's going to work again. <laughs> it's going to work again. If his over doesn't hit, 
it's because he was just unable to get on the same page with Rogers and caught like four of 11 targets somehow, or, or gets banged up and has to leave for some of this game. Like, I, I don't see any other reasons why it's not gonna, why they're not going to be feeding Adams. Um, but going along with more of these games, like obvious, obvious spot, 49ers minus okay. seven against the jets. I've already t- taken this one. I took it at six and a half. Great to be on the other side of that that touchdown, not to push it at seven. But uh, what do you want me to say? Like the Jets <laughs> looked awful last week, and so Crowder had seven catches for 115 yards and a touchdown, and just got ruled out. The, the wide receivers, the other two, the other two wide receivers are Brashad Perriman and Chris Hogan. They combined to catch four of nine targets for 17 yards last week. So those are going to be the two starting receivers. Um, Le'Veon Bell's out. It's going to be Sam Darnold, Frank Gore, Chris Herndon. Uh, I don't know. Just the Niners need to bounce back from a loss. Yes, they're banged up a little bit at wide receiver. Sherman's out. Kittle's supposed to still play. The running game is going to jam it down the Jets' throat. Uh, The Niners are going to win this by at least seven points. I was extremely disappointed uh, with San Fran last week. I know yep. Kittle a little banged up, but this is just a situation where they should get back to what they do. Um, Tevin Coleman is going to rejoin. Not that he didn't play, but he was limited. Uh, they will have their full running back stable and they will have their defense that will travel. Sam Darnold and the gang. I mean, the Jaguars immediately vaulted them in the worst team, right? Like the Jets are now off to a ridiculous start in that race to be the worst team in the league. And I don't know if anyone can catch them. They just, they don't have the personnel to do much. Uh, One of the lowest implied totals on the slate. Minus seven, minus 105. Obviously I would rather have six and a half, but I don't even mind looking and just laying the straight touchdown on the road. I, I, I do think the Niners, famous last words, but it would be inconceivable to me to see the Niners fall to 0-2. Uh, and right. of course, could they not cover yet? But I, I do think I would have to lay the points hard to back the Jets right now. You can't, I mean, you can't back the Jets. It's either Niners or nothing. Um, and I think it's a fair number for the Niners. Not like if, if San Francisco had converted a winning touchdown on that, on that last drive against Arizona, not that they would have covered, but had they won that game, like, is this more? Is it eight or nine? Um, just because they won, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think, and, and it is worth noting, Chat pointed this out, and it's true. San Francisco is a little banged up defensively. Uh, Richard Sherman, I believe, went on IR. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think that's going to become more of a factor when they play some teams that can exploit exactly. those situations. The Jets are not... That team. Rashad Perryman and Chris Hogan are not going to make you miss Richard Sherman. <laughs> if yeah. I'm wrong about that, I, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what you want me to do, but I, I don't think I'm going to be wrong about that. So do, yeah. go, go ahead. ahead. No, I, I, I was just going to ask you about a different, so you have anything else on that game? Cause I have one, I want to go to the other New York game uh, at some point. Not really. Other than like, once again, I think a lot of teasers and money line parlays are in play this week. So like just for the two games I've, I've talked about a Packers uh, Niners money line parlay is like minus minus one twenty range. That's a pretty good price right there. And then I have a few other teams that I'm willing to, you know, mix and match in those as well that we can, we can keep getting onto, but let's stick with New York for right now. 
go to the Giants and then we can go to some other games. Yeah. So, so just looking at this Giants Bears game, uh, spread wise, we see it at five and a half. Uh, for the Bears, of course, at home, they, they escaped. Mitch Trubisky late was very good early. He was God awful, but they did get a win. And the Giants just drew a, a really tough matchup. I think it's pretty recognizable that the Steelers defense is going to be one of the best in the league. Um, they were all over Daniel Jones. He had no time. Saquon, he could have had 100 carries and he may have not broke 100 yards. He could not do anything. Chat right now is talking about some Saquon props. I don't mind him finding the end zone here. I know the Bears still have a good front, but I do think this is an improved matchup for a, a Giants offense. I just worry about the Giants defense uh, on the other side. Do you have a take on this Bears team? Weird game. It's a, it's a weird game. I, I don't have much of a feel for it. Okay. Um, I am rooting for a tie in this game mm. because I have the Giants under six and a half wins and I have the Bears to miss the playoffs. So the best result for me is a tie. And that is what I will be rooting for while not betting the game. Fair enough. Yeah. I, listen, I think that, and certainly on Sunday, you will see me and our whole team breaking down some of the uh, DFS side of this. I think it's an interesting game from a DFS perspective. I don't think I'm willing to lay the points. And at the same time, I'm not backing the giants. If obviously if this was a seven and a half, I'd be saying right. uh, a different story, but that's not a great number. I don't really see a ton of value there, especially when you have a lot of other spreads at that same number. So talk to me about, you mentioned and alluded to maybe, not that I certainly don't do this too often, teasers or or things like that, but there are some games that fit key numbers. One of them would be the Chiefs on the road against the Chargers. Uh, Is that a game that you're willing to cross three um, if you teased it or just do you like them laying that eight, eight and a half? I, I think I might wind up on the eight and a half here. Honestly, I haven't bet it yet. I do have, so again, a mix matching a lot of things. I do have the teaser with them down to two and a half, just okay. saying Kansas city getting this one by a field goal. That's a nice number to, to tease this one too. Um, <clears throat> but Andy Reid's been fantastic in division on the road. Chiefs are 17 and three against the spread in their last 20 divisional road games. Mahomes has covered both of his, his road games against the chargers in his career. And that offense, like we just saw the Browns drop 35 on the Bengals last Mm -hmm. night on a short week. And the Chargers were only able to get 16 in that game. The offense with Tyrod Taylor did not look good. Um, Now, if you go down big to Kansas City, now you start throwing bombs to Mike Williams or whatever, and maybe you get a few more points on the board. But uh, I, I have a hard time seeing the Chiefs not getting this one by double digits with how bad the Chargers defense looked. I'm not as strong on this at eight and a half as I am with like, you know, San Francisco at six and a half or even mm-hmm. seven um, just because it crosses a lot of key numbers. But in terms of a teaser piece or a money line parlay piece, absolutely love the Chiefs because I'll have so many, you know, teasers with them at two and a half or money line parlays with them. I, I, I maybe I won't do the eight and a half, uh, even though I, I kind of am telling you why I like it. Uh, but yeah, a, a lot of reason to like the Chiefs this week. More of a more of a Chargers fade than anything, and uh, just backing the Chiefs because they consistently look so good in any situation. Yeah, I mean, listen, I like I said, I rarely bet teasers, but a I believe a six point two team NFL teaser is, is minus one ten out there. Yep. And if you do that, you want to cross those key numbers. So this is the spot to do it, especially if you have another game. Um, 
I don't mind it. I, I do think that the way the Chiefs offense is constructed, I'm not, you know, we know how good they are. And I was stunned, stunned that Austin Eckler was not a threat in the re- receiving game. I know that yep. Tyrod is mobile and I know that Phillip Rivers is the check down king. I could not believe that Joshua Kelly was getting that work around the goal line. And I, I think they're really missing out. I want to see what happens if and when they fall behind. Will Eckler be an integral part of that? Uh, right. w- real quick, we had a question from chat about Travis Kelsey's reception prop. And the great thing about Odd Shopper is that you can search by player. That's honestly yep. one of my favorite things about that. So if That's you go huge. to that site and you go to player props, you can just type in Travis Kelsey on the receptions and it pops right up. We have them at five and a half uh, across the industry sitting about, you know, minus 110 for the over around plus 110 for the under if you shop it. So uh, I could see him having a big game. He's going to be a problem. Derwin James is going to be missed in this game as he's always going to be missed because he's really, really good. Uh, Anything else for this? Or is this just a, I do think that's a sharp call by you identifying a possible spot um for a teaser with the chiefs here yeah just to expand upon like the value on that if, if you money line parlay the niners and chiefs you're looking at around like minus 150 um so if you do it to to niners minus one chiefs minus two and a half now you're mm-hmm. looking at minus 110 so numbers that are probably going to cover if, if you like them on the money line parlay and you turn your minus 150 into a minus 110 and if it doesn't hit for some reason you save yourself 40 cents of of juice most likely unless the money line parlay would have unless the chiefs win by two or one which is pretty unlikely i think if they win this game it's going to be by more than a field goal i think if they win this game it's going to be by more than eight and a half honestly yeah and just to step back i know a lot of people watching already know this but just in the nfl there are key numbers a lot of games end on three a lot of games end on seven um so it's not like the difference between four and five and one and two is not a lot. But when you're talking about crossing a three or crossing a seven, that is big. Now, when you take an eight and a half point spread and you tease at six points, you cross both of the key numbers. That's extremely valuable. Does it mean it always works? No. Uh, you know, but if you're going to do things like that, certainly never cross the zero. Two and a half is a great number to identify. Uh if you, I mean, you've mentioned the teaser, what is another game that you're looking at that fits that mold? Is it the Niners? Yeah. And okay. one other quick thing, like teasers are more of a football thing for me. Like I don't, I'm not going to tease the nuggets from like seven. To <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. Don't tease it. The total. That's also. Yeah. There's no oh. point in doing that. And like you just said, the reason of doing this is just how key the numbers are in, in football and getting a team that's as big of a favorite as the chiefs at eight and a half to across a touchdown, across a field goal. Yep those are huge it's not huge getting the nuggets from 7 to 11 tonight for example um but yeah so so the niners are are one of those teams i'll just roll through all of them now since we're pretty much yeah open it up floor um now i gotta just remember who they are the ravens the ravens are minus seven against houston um okay again Kind of square to like the Ravens minus a touchdown. I don't know if I'll bet a minus a touchdown. I missed the six and a half, but in terms of a money line parlay or a teaser, they're going to beat Houston. Houston offense took a step back clearly without Hopkins. He's very missed. Um, it doesn't matter if David Johnson looked good. He's not going to be the reason that the Texans beat the Ravens. 
Uh, and Baltimore was in this spot last year. They traveled to Houston. They won 41 to seven. They absolutely dominated. Lamar Jackson should have another field day. I don't see Houston being able to keep up. Tough start for Houston, like Kansas Brutal. City and Baltimore. You're almost just chalking up an 0-2 start, which derails their season. We know the numbers. Teams don't make the playoffs from starting 0-2, and, and, and you're just handed two powerhouses right out of the gate. I, yes, they've had the extra you know, 10 days or whatever from the Thursday night game to prepare. I guess that's the only red flag here. But I, I really don't see Baltimore losing this game, and, and being able to money line parlay or tease them is, is another spot that I really like. So that's the, that's the one thing I wanted to bring up and you mentioned it. I, I think that the Texans at least get a chance. They are on the long week, um, which helps. But from a personnel standpoint, it's, it's tough sledding. Now, the Chiefs are really good. I think we all know that. Um, but so are the Ravens. Uh, I don't have a strong take on the game. I, I certainly i am not going to lay seven. But as you mentioned in teasers and things, I think we all do think that Baltimore – could get through and if that's a piece you want more than reasonable yeah and it's not like it's not like i'm taking baltimore's money line or putting them in a teaser and being like i really want this but now i have to find the other piece it's because mm-hmm. i have so many other pieces that i like so much this week that i'm going to be doing all these kind of favorite combinations and, and the last one that's right at those key numbers is uh i'm, I'm fading your your denver broncos buddy <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers looked awesome, like you talked about in in their opener, even though it was against the Giants. Denver, really tough time against Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, almost survived one of the worst field goal kicking uh, performances we've yeah, ever your seen. boy. But did not. The coaching, yeah, Goskowski, I'm, I'm glad he's gone, even though the Patriots still can't kick anyway. But yeah, talk about the Denver coach for a second. Go ahead. The coaching call. Um, that's one of the the only thing I, I liked everything about your your Denver futures ideas except for the coaching call. That's one thing that doesn't change with Vaughn Miller being healthy, Sutton being healthy, or whatever. Um, Vic Fangio stinks. He stunk last year, and regardless of how bad of a day Goskowski is having, you let him get down to an absolute chip shot for a professional kicker that's won Super Bowls, like. He's probably gonna make he's probably gonna make that whatever it was, 20 yard kick. So you gotta use your timeouts. That was just idiotic. <laughs> um so Steelers, I, I would like it like six and a half. It's at seven. So again, a, a teaser piece, a money line parlay piece. And again, when I say these money line parlay pieces, I'm not betting these five teams in a giant money line parlay. I don't do that. Twos, twos, two, maybe one three with my three favorite if I'm feeling crazy, but you want to put Robin action, right? You want to put two of these together at a time. And if it doesn't, like I said, like if you're taking the chiefs in one and a money line probably is minus minus one fifty, then just tease it to get yourself that minus minus one ten. Um, But yeah, the Steelers at home against the Broncos pretty strong looking spot to me. So a couple things first, <laughs> I, you know, I always have at least one rant during every show and this is going to be it. I don't think people realize, and I, I'm guilty of this, like, being a coach is a damn hard job. It's incredibly intricate. Everyone thinks like, well, I could coach. But there are certain things that are just obvious to casual viewers, intense viewers. And even if you just have limited knowledge of the game, one of them would be not allowing the team to run down the clock and have the guy kick a pseudo extra point to win the game. Uh, everybody knows that except the Broncos coach. I, they, they gave that game away. Um, it never should have even got there. 
for various reasons, but I, I was stunned to see that. And coaching is a real thing. You, you see it. And that was, that was just bad. Uh, I will say, even though he had some drops, Jerry Judy is going to be a stud. Uh, I'm a huge Jerry Judy guy. He's, he's going to be quite good. Bad spot though. Locke needs to get them healthy. The Steelers pass rush is going to cause problems. And Denver, even though there's no fans, is always in the, in the thin air, much stronger at home. Um, all right, let's, we got about 10 minutes left here. I just want to transition a little bit to Survivor. Every, not everybody, but a lot of people got eliminated last week. Uh, hopefully you're in a double elimination pool or you didn't pick the Colts um, or the Niners or the Eagles. Really, it was the Chiefs or someone random that got you through. Just looking at this slate, I think it's a much easier spot. There's a lot of big favorites. If you had to take a team, who would you go with? I think I would, and again, I I like a lot of these favorites pretty evenly, but I think that points me towards fading who we think is the worst team, which is the Jets, which is the Jets, meaning I'm taking the 49ers. But that was our strategy last week in taking Indy against Jacksonville, and that didn't work. So I guess that's my only hesitation. But yeah, I, I would go with the 49ers. I am going, and may, listen, maybe they are good. I'm going to stick to the strategy. I'm going to take the Titans, right. who are at home, uh, which I do like, against these Jaguars. And mm-hmm. if there is one guy who's a lower variance type of guy, it's Derrick Henry. Because we saw against the Broncos, he was not running effectively at all. But they gave him the ball 31 times on the ground right. and another three through the air. The Jaguars are not equipped to handle a guy like that. He torched them last year. I think he torches them again. I don't think that the Jaguars will be starting 2-0. I will take the Titans and Survivor. I think they will be a popular pick. Probably, yeah. And they're a team that is not in my pool of, like, heavy favorites this week. Maybe I'll sprinkle some Titans, Titans money line in with some of these. I don't know. I'm, I'm like dangerously in love with favorites this week. Yeah. And I'm going to have to figure out exactly how I'm going to manage the weight that I put on each one and, and who I combine them with. It's a fine line. Um, you know, what, what I think, and, you know, we'll, we'll start. And I do, we are going to get to our upset specials in a second. But I, I do want to speak in a little generality right here. Like what you talked about before is something that I think is worth restating it's you want to approach each slate whether it's dfs or betting with an open mind like i get a lot of questions about like oh i like to bet these type of teams and it's like well that's okay but don't force it don't say Mm -hmm. i'm gonna bet a teaser and i want to find teams that fit this spread so then you look at those games and you're kind of funneling yourself to certain matchups like you want to look at it objectively and if there's nothing there for what you're looking for there's nothing there so i think that's important what you're saying like you happen to like a lot of favorites this week. That's something you organically got to. You're not forcing it in there. And if there was a week where you didn't, maybe you wouldn't employ a teaser or employ a money line part. Like you kind of have to adapt with each slate. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Um, and, and last week was not really a, a parlay week for me. It was playing some different, playing some different spreads. Browns uh, week. Huh? It was a Browns week for me. Just utter, uh, thank God perfect. I didn't parlay. They would have been in there. <laughs> Just disgraceful. Um, yeah. So like <sighs> this week I was just looking at the board and I was like, they're 
these teams are sitting at key numbers. A lot of them that got to seven were at six and a half at the time. And like, it just felt that way. Um, but that leaves me in a tough spot to like an underdog. Yeah, you're going to have to find one. That's what we do. So is that, is that what we're getting to now? Well, yeah. I mean, you, it doesn't have to be, we're going upset specials here to ra- close out the show. Uh, obviously, you can give a, a, a live dog if you want, but it also could be, I mean, I think it would be an upset if none of these big favorites lost. Like, you know, just something that's a little against the grain. Right. So, yeah, just to one other spot that I kind of like a little bit is is Dallas uh, that opened around a touchdown and now can be had at like minus four. Dak okay. Prescott was so much better at home. I think Atlanta might be somewhat of a popular underdog this week, and I'm the other way on on that, which eliminates another favorite for me. I'm They're not necessarily an underdog, but I I did get the Rams at plus three and plus 130 earlier in the week, and my mindset here was that I wasn't fully determined that I was going to roll with them, um, and Lane Johnson being back is big, and Miles Sanders being back is big, but I knew that this was going to go to a place where if I wanted to hedge out on the Eagles around even money, um, I could. But that said, I think the Eagles are becoming kind of popular as a go against the green pick to, to bounce back. And I still think the offensive line is going to have a lot of issues, even with Lane Johnson back. Look at what the Rams defensive line did to a good Cowboys offensive line on Sunday night football. I, I think they're going to get a lot more pressure on, on Wentz again this week. And uh, you know, the offense looked solid for the Rams. I, I really like the Rams. You just pretty much play them on the money line at this point, minus 103. Um, they're a one-point dog in that game. Because I don't really know where else to look. I, I think the Rams are going to beat the Eagles, and, and that's going to be my spot. The only other game that I haven't really touched on is the Sunday night game where the Patriots and Seahawks is a great game. Big test for the, for the new-look Patriots, the Seahawks finally aired it out a ton with Russell Wilson and it was obviously against a terrible Atlanta secondary, but it, it worked well. Um, that's I got probably one be, for you. probably going to be a stay away game for me, but I, let's hear where you're going. So again, this is not a, a, a super strong take, but that's what we're doing. We're going against the grain with a live dog. I am still, and listen, they're coming off a big win and they were very impressive, but you know who else is coming off a big win is the Washington football team. And that front mm, seven really can cause some problems. Uh, their secondary, I think, will be exposed at times. There's no doubt about it. But you know what? You don't have to be that good in coverage if the quarterback has no time. And, mm-hmm. and this football team's front seven really is good. I like that they get Haskins in some interesting spots. More weapons than you would think. They're doing it a little, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see long term. I'm not saying that they're going to compete. For anything but I, I think this is a time where the cardinals they're certainly getting a lot of love and they should but you're getting plus 260 there uh if you want to take a stab on that money line i don't think that i'm not ready to anoint arizona just yet and coming off a big win divisional opponent now you get the, the football team coming to town eh, it's not the best spot for them and i, I do think that there is a chance that they get clipped here. So plus 260, I will roll the dice a little and stick uh, with the football team. I, I don't hate it. Uh, the football team was impressive on Sunday. So they were. Arizona is, you know, thought of pretty highly right now. So I don't hate that spot. Yeah, I, um, I just think that's, that's the type of spread you were alluding to earlier. Mm-hmm. And again, 
they did win the game. So more power to them, but this would have been three and a half, four, maybe um, right. with slightly different outcomes. And now you're getting it close to a touchdown. I, I do think that uh, they can get pressure on Kyler. And although Hopkins is a monster and they did look good, I, I'm not ready just yet to, to see them through uh, to the playoffs. Yeah. And this is a good example of just like all spreads, all spots are not the same. Like Arizona did not stand out to me at all as one of the teams that I'm yep. teasing down to, to one or to a pick them or putting in any of these money line parlays. It was the other spots that stuck out to me. And it just so happens that there's a lot of them. So if you don't want to bet a dog, like if you don't want to bet the Rams, uh, which is the only team that's barely even an underdog that I would, I would consider those five teams that I, I like a lot, the Ravens, the chiefs, the Steelers, the Packers, the 49ers don't make a five team parlay, which is right <laughs> around plus 300. But if you pick your favorite three of those, like any two of them is going to be like minus 120 to minus 150. If you pick any of your favorite three of those, it turns into like a plus 120 to plus 150 range type of thing. Mm-hmm. I think maybe making one of those at plus money um, could make sense. Very fair. And, and there's, and uh, there, there's a plus money bet for you. There's a plus money bet. I have to get bet. one in somehow, fill my, my quota. And good stat from chat right now, which we appreciate from Pat Mayo, um, saying that Washington blitzed more last week than the Niners did all of last year. And I agree. If Kyler escapes that, it's going to be bad. But I do think there is a chance that he's really under pressure like he hasn't seen. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the key. You know what? They went down early. That game looked like a blowout. Uh, and then they steadied and, and Haskins was serviceable. So again, you're talking about plus 260. You don't have to get that right 50% of the time, not even close. Uh, you just need them to stay in the game. I think they can do that. Certainly like them with the points uh, as well, of course. So keep that in mind and we'll see what happens. It's a long season. We are going to have a lot for you. And I just want to say, if you haven't joined awesome O plus, come on now, literally Julian already talked about it. No one can keep up with all these sports. That's why come on and let other people do it for you. Get ahead of the game, save a lot of time. Uh, you can get cheat sheets, projections, ownership, all those things that really help uh, because you just can't and there's not enough time in the day to do it. And we have packages starting from just weekly to monthly to annually. Uh, come on in, give it a try, if nothing else. I also want to say, we didn't talk any college football today, but that's because tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Eastern, me and Matt Kajewski breaking it all down, DFS and betting on the college football Saturday slate. We expect everybody there. Julian, any final thoughts before we duck out of here on our Friday? Go favorites. Go favorites on that note. Uh, we will be back next week, same time, same place, breaking down week three of the NFL and much, much more. Good luck, everyone. Hope you all have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week.